<laughs> Praise God. We are on part 19, y'all. And, and, and I, don't, I don't see us uh, necessarily stopping anytime soon because we are learning not only what God did for us and therefore who we are in him, but now we're diving into if I know who I am in him, how do I live according to who I am? We've understood that we are indeed the righteous and we are no longer sinners. Amen? And what has made, or who has made us righteous? Yeah, I didn't make myself righteous. It is strictly Jesus who has made me righteous. He has pulled me into a place that I don't deserve, that I cannot earn. Grace has saved me. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Now, because I am saved, I am no longer a sinner. Sin has no more power and no more dominion in my life. Is that true? Yeah. Now, if I find myself still, still sinning, the blood of Jesus has paid for the punishment for that sin. But I understand that as I mature and grow in him, that sin should not be a habitual part of my life. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. So grace and my salvation have not given me a license to sin. To the contrary, the more I grow in him, the more I allow him to renew my mind and transform my thinking, the less and less I should find myself sinning because now the Holy Spirit is the governor of my life. And if he is indeed the governor of my life as I mature and grow, his love, which is his fruit, should be what's evident in my life. Somebody say this with me. God is not mad at me because I'm in the process. Because I'm in a process. You're in a process of maturing. And I want you to understand that while you're in that process maturing, it's not just about you just being in that process and just focusing on just the fact that you're in that process. Somebody say, I got work to do. As the righteousness of God, we are indeed his children. And because we are his children, as we've been learning for the last several weeks, we are seated in heavenly places with who? Where is Christ seated according to the word? The right hand of the Father, which is the place of power. Now the place of power is the place, uh, sorry, power means the ability to get results. Power means the ability to get results. So you're not in a passive position. Just because you're seated doesn't mean you're supposed to be passive. Oh, somebody help me today. It, the place of power is a place of activity. Power is the ability. I don't need ability to do nothing. I have the ability to get results, not because of what I've done, but because the fact that I am seated in heavenly places with Jesus, and he is in a place that is active. And the Bible says I'm literally united with him. Well, now, where is Jesus? Christ is on the inside of us, but he's seated where? Uh-huh, right hand of the Father, which is in heavenly places. So he's active in heavenly places, but where am I? No, no, physically, I mean, for real. Where am I? In the glory of the Father. No, no, I, I know that, I know that. But where are you physically? Where is he? Where are you? Where is he? Where are you? Where is he? Sounds like God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. Through you. You're on earth. He's in heaven but he lives in you. 
the seat that you have has connected you to his power and therefore enabled you on earth. You're not given this position just for you. We're given this position, we're given this power, we're given this authority to rule on earth. Now understand, as rulers on earth, we are to rule and operate as Jesus did. And remember, Jesus wasn't concerned about ruling like the regular carnal kings ruled. He was not interested in the acquisition of land or the acquisition of more power or the acquisition of lording over or dominating people. No, his rule was very specific. It was to rule by love. Hmm. May I submit to you today that if I am going to be a mature believer, if I'm going to be seated with him, I have to indeed make a decision today that I am going to rule by love. Many of us are trying to live right and I've adjusted the title of this part of the message. Last, I mean, last couple of weeks it was right ruling and right living. And I'm adjusting it to right living is right ruling. If I'm going to rule, that's the way I'm supposed to live. If I'm going to live, I have to rule. If I'm a Christian and I'm a believer and I'm seated with him and I'm a ruler, then that's the only way I need to be living. A ruler lives differently than everybody else. A king and a queen doesn't live like everybody else. Why? Because they, they're not in the same position as everybody else. They don't think like everybody else. They don't act like everybody else. And I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about a confidence in the position that you're in. But many of us have seen many movies and many TV shows where you have somebody of royal blood that does not understand the position that they have. And so they act differently and they think differently and they operate differently because they don't know their kings and queens. And so they end up passing up on their power, they end up passing up on their position, and then somebody else ends up in their spot ruling on their behalf, but messing it all up. And as the stories go, and as the movies go, that once this person realizes who they are, and then they take their rightful place, all of a sudden they have on the inside of them what the, what the people need. And there's a scripture for that. When the righteous rule, what do the people do? The Proverbs say the people rejoice. You are designed not to dominate, but to rule. Yeah, you got dominion over the, the, the fish and all of that type of stuff, but you're supposed to rule this earth and rule it by God's love. Let me show you this in the Word. Go with me to Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. You're going to be learning how we're supposed to operate in this world. Now, I don't know about y'all, but it could be the anointing, but I'm hot in the mug up here. So if we can turn the air up just a little bit, good gosh. <laughs> I might have to be like one of the Baptist preachers here and just, I'm be shining. Hey, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to have a rag up here. You know, he's going to be that big wet spot right here, just dark. Like, he got on a two-tone shirt? Nope, that's sweat. Just hot. Amen. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves. Until when? Until when? I know you don't want to say it, but you got to. Until when? Yeah, until they grow up. Until they grow up. 
Let's keep going. Even though they actually own how many things? Everything their father had. Let me just pause right there and get right to the point. Even though we are inheritance, inheritance of the children, sorry, of inheritance of God, we're joint heirs with Christ, we're inheritance of God's power, we're inheritance of, of all that he is. We're in, and, and by the way, who is God according to 1 John 4, 8? Go, go there real quick, because it's going to be important you understand that. Go to 1 John 4, 8, and we'll come right back here. 1 John 4, 8. Because I need you to see this in, in context. Because sometimes we'll read that and we'll think prosperity only, and that's not all he's saying. Uh, let's go back to verse 6, and we'll read up to that. But we belong to who? God. And those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. Verse 7. That is how we know if someone has the capital S, spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to do what? To love one another. Now, before this day is over, you'll know what that word love really is talking about and meaning, so it's not just this Christianese word that we throw around. Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. I'm not the source of love. He's the source that love comes from. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, period. Anyone who loves, if you love, you are a child of God. If you love, then you know God. How many of you guys are ch children of God? How many of you guys know God? All right, then we should know you are a child of God, and we should know that you know God. Why? Because we can see the activity of love. Now, I'm not here to judge you one way or another, but, but this is for you to figure out what you know. This is for you to figure out who you are. See, I can't treat everybody on the job nasty. I can't treat my wife nasty, my husband nasty, my kids nasty. I can't, I can't not, just do everything for me and nobody else and then say, I know God. Amen? Amen? If that's who I am, if I'm this mean, nasty, selfish person, then chances are I don't know God because the next scripture is going to tell us who he is. God... If, 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 if selfishness is all that's coming out for me, then, then my source is plugged to a source of selfishness. But if my source, if I'm, if I'm plugged into the source of love, then what should be coming out of me? So, so you see, it's not complicated. I just got to determine what's my source. Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but as rulers... You have the choice. Slaves have no choice. I said slaves have no choice. As rulers, you got a choice. What you want to plug into. I can plug into love or I can plug into selfishness. People who are dead in Christ, they have no choice. They can't plug into love in that sense of plugging into God because Christ ain't in them. But it's interesting, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but, it, but everybody understands the moral law, which at the end of the day is to love. And so that's why sometimes you see sinners doing better than Christians when it comes to doing for other people. Because even they understand in their base nature, even though it's to sin, they still understand right and wrong. It's like I can't see this person on the street and not help them. But all of a sudden, we get saved, and we get love moves on the inside of us, supernatural love, by the way, and then we get the choice, and we turn it off. Because we think to know God is to not sin. So you spend your whole life trying not to sin, and he's like, listen, I already took care of your sin. I need you to hook up to me who is love so you can love. But you're so focused on trying not to sin that you keep sinning over and over again and nobody can get his love through you because you're trying to keep it all for yourself. 
And so the whole world is out there waiting to see a manifestation of his love, the manifestation of his sons and daughters, and they're like, where is God? Where's God? Where's love? And we say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll point you to the church where you can get some help, not realizing that's you. You are the body. <laughs> Let me give you the number to my church. That's you. Give me your number. Let me give you my pastor's number. That's you. Don't give my number. Text my pastor. <laughs> that's you God sent them to you let me, let, me, let me see if there's a government you know uh, program that, that we can get you to that's you the government is still figuring this out now I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings but I heard something the other day and you know somebody said we're a nation of laws and I was like Yes, we are, but if those laws aren't built on love, then they're not right laws. We got to be careful as Christians that we don't just take stuff and just run with it. It was, it was laws that were built off the fact that I wasn't even a whole human being not too long ago. That was okay by certain laws and parts of the Constitution and stuff. There were laws because of the, the, the brightness of my wife's skin that had we been married at a certain time, that would have been a problem. Just because it's laws and it's not built on love don't make it right. That's why we can't trust in the natural sense for government to do what God has put us on this earth to do. But we're trying to make everybody else do what we're supposed to grow up and be responsible to do. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Verse 8. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So that's why I wanted to pause in Galatians for a second and make sure you understood who God is. When you're talking about, oh, I want to serve God, you're saying, I want to serve love. Oh, I'm a friend of God. I am a friend. We sing songs. I'm a friend of God. Yeah, you're a friend of love. It's your mean self. I, I, I know it, and I'm excited when we say those things, but, but it's time to stop. The world is tired of seeing people say stuff. They're ready to see somebody do something. And it can't just be everybody else except for the Christian. Now, what you don't know is a lot of these people who are doing stuff actually are Christians. A lot of these singers and actors and, and, and rappers and, 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 and musicians and, and folks who have these positions, they're, 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 a lot of them are saved. But they're not your type of saved. So you don't think they saved. They're the type of saved that says, I have a relationship with God, but I don't necessarily ascribe right now to any particular church because every church I've gone to, they don't look like God. So I've had a better time in getting to know him alone by myself, being governed by his voice. They don't even know it's the Holy Spirit. They just know it's something on the inside of them telling them to do this and to do that. But then morally they struggle because they don't have good teaching. But we look at that lack of teaching that results in bad behavior and then say they're not saved. Honey, they might be more saved than you are because all I know is, is they might not be loving themselves too much, but they sure enough for walking and loving his children. But see, we don't want to hear that, though. We don't want to hear that. We want to feel like we're more qualified somehow because we come to church. And that's what I'm saying, guys, and I'm not here to condemn you today, so please. I'm like, oh, Lord, why is it coming out this way? But, I, but, I, but we got to understand, they're not showing up and they're ministering his love to the world, and we're showing up, and we don't want to go win souls on Saturday. But he used to say, 
It might be tight, but it's right. If the shoe fit, wear it, tie it tight. But this is where we can change the way we think. Because I said this uh, a couple of weeks ago, or either last week, how often did you see Jesus trying to stay saved? How often did you see Jesus praying for healing for himself? How often did you see Jesus praying for prosperity for himself? How often did you see Jesus praying for the breakthrough? How often did you see Jesus, uh, 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 I don't know, praying for his family? As a matter of fact, last I checked, he was like, who is my mother and brother? They were like, Lord, he lost his mind. He don't even know who his family is. But no, but that's, that's what church has become. It's become a place that I need to go and get what I need from the Father. And, and not here at World Changes Church Houston. I'm sorry, y'all. It's a place you're going to come and learn about the Father. You're going to learn about Jesus and what he's already done for you. And then once you learn what he's already done for you, we're going to say, now here's what you need to go do for others. I, I hope you don't come expecting church as usual. We're going we to let the word of God just scrub all that religion off of you. Shine you up new. And then send you out there with all the grace gifts that he gave you. And then watch you become fulfilled in his purpose. Watch all those dreams and visions that he's shown you over all these years since you were a little girl or a little boy start coming to pass. The things they used to laugh at you about, the things that they used to make fun of you about, the things that you used to doubt in your own heart. Seeing those things come to pass. The devil didn't tell you all that. He didn't show you them pictures. He didn't show you them visions. That was God. And God wants to use you to do mighty things in this earth. Did you hear what I said? Not just, not just Cypher, not just Houston, not just Texas. You hooked up to a vision that affects this entire earth. Welcome to World Changers. Well, I hear what you're saying, but you know, no, 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 no. I, I don't think you understand. We don't brag on ourselves often, but, but we don't just minister to Texas. I praise God for Texas, and Texas is home, and, and definitely we're going to be ministering here. But man, we, we going to the uttermost parts of the earth right now. There's not a coincidence that God put me here as your uh, pastor, who is the director of global mission. They've been around all, the whole world. Not, not to brag, because some of y'all are like, for real? Yeah, ministering the gospel is what I'm called to do. And that calling didn't stop. It was temporarily slowed down so I can come and get some help. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this, man. I'm trying to get y'all to, to, to hop on the vision. I need help. As I help Dr. Dollar and Pastor Taffy, I need help. But, 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 but we got to be ready. We got to be mature. We got to be able to operate as rulers when we're in India, rulers when we're in Africa, rulers when we're in Thailand, rulers when we're in the United Kingdom, rulers when we're in Canada, rulers when we're in South America, rulers when we're all over this world. I've been and I've seen and I'm like, we got to get some help. That's why we can't be concerned with little old us. You have to come to the conclusion that all is well in your life and that you are not just mere peasants, but you have the power of God and you are rulers. If you understand that, say amen. amen. So God is what? God is who? All right, let's go back to Galatians uh, chapter 4. We're going to start again at verse 1. All right, here we go. He says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually owned everything their father 
have. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father said. And that's the way it is, oh sorry, that's the way it was with us before when? Before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves. I think we wrote that on the uh, board on Wednesday. We were like children, we were like slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. Keep going. But when the right time came, praise God, God sent his son, born of a woman, this was that whole process we've talked about, subject to the law. God sent him to do what? By freedom. Somebody say, I'm free. Okay, so if you're free, that means you're no longer bound, right? I said, if you're free, you're no longer bound, right? Now, bound by what? Sin and the punishment and the power of it. You're free. Only mature rulers can be mature rulers if they understand if they're free. If I still think I owe something, if I still think I'm uh, in bondage to something, if I still think I'm beholden to something, if I still think I'm under something, I can't rule and be under something at the same time. Rulers are rulers. The buck stops with you. Oh, you didn't hear. Whether you're healed or not stops with you. Whether you're prosperous or not stops with you. Whether you're victorious or not stops with you. You're the ruler. You have the power to declare what's in heaven to be on earth. God gave you that authority. Everything Jesus is saying about you, because you're united with him and you have that same power, you have the ability to now speak on earth. He's not speaking it for you because he gave you the power to do it. And by the way, he already said it while he was on earth. All you're doing is getting to agreement with what he said. When he said, it is finished, all you're saying is amen. Let it be written, let it be so. Amen. I agree. Amen. And, and, and rulers operate with that understanding. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Was a slave to the law. Now I'm adopted as his child. Uh, verse 6. And because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his son, where? Into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit helps you identify who you are. The Holy Spirit is constantly reminding you who you are. Here, we thought the Holy Spirit was there to tell us how much we're screwing up. The Holy Spirit convicting you that you need to get right. No, no, the Holy Spirit is convicting you that you are right. Amen. The Holy Spirit is convicting you that you are right. right. His job is to tell you that, listen, if you're sinning, you're in unbelief. His job is to tell you you are the righteousness of God. And his job is to tell you that sin no longer has dominion over you. You're not the one punished. The devil is the one punished. You don't believe me? Go read John, what is it, uh, John 16. It says what the job of the Holy Spirit is, and he's constantly reminding you, you're a child of God. Say that with me, I'm a child of God. Verse 7. Now you are no longer a slave, but what? God's own child. And since you are his child, this is, the, this is the awesome, awesome part. God has made you an heir. Since you are a child, God has made you an heir. Since you are a child, you are an heir with Christ in you. Since you are a child, you're an heir, and you got Christ in you. You're an heir, and Christ lives on the inside of you. But now, you still need to grow up. So I don't want you just to stop the fact, I'm a child of God. Yes, you are, but to fully see the manifestation of his grace in your life, you're going to have to now mature. And I don't mean just physically maturing. That's, that's not the type, type of maturing that we're talking about. 
Man is a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, right? So anytime we see something that has to change in us, we need to figure out what part of us is it talking about? Is he talking about my spirit? Is he talking about my soul? Or is he talking about my body? Now, if you're 75 in here, I don't think you want to mature no more. Uh, I think puberty has done what it's going to do. Amen. So, so he's not talking about physical. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has sealed your spirit, and it's perfect. So your spirit can get no more mature than what it is. It's perfect. It got everything it needs because the Holy Spirit's in there united with you. So it has to be talking about that third part, which is my soul. And what is the soul of a man? It's his mind, his will, and his emotions. He's saying, you're my children. The real you, the spirit of you, has been stamped and identified as mine. And therefore you are an heir. But to now rule properly on earth and operate like Jesus did, that soul has to mature. Children are selfish by nature. Children don't understand the deeper things by nature. Some of y'all, you go back and watch the shows you used to watch when you were younger, and now you get all the jokes that you didn't get when you were younger. You're like, oh, I can't believe they let me watch this. Anybody else? Anybody? Are you going to listen to some songs you used to listen to? It's like, what the world was I living? I was about to sing R. Kelly, but he in some serious trouble right now, so I can't do that one. That popped in my head. I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but there was stuff you used to listen to and you used to enjoy and stuff you used to say and, 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 and jokes you used to make and little sayings we would say. And we were kids. We didn't, we didn't get that stuff. But as we got older and we began to understand, it's like, oh, my goodness. Because as you mature, your mind changes. You know, I used to have this uh, teacher, her name was Miss Spinner. She was my third grade teacher, and uh, she used to get mad at us all the time. And we, we used to act, it, I'm from Detroit, and not that everybody in Detroit's bad, but in my school we were. Uh, and <laughs> Man, we were, we'd be cussing, we'd be acting up and stuff, like throwing paper and stuff like that. But she was so loving and she would be so patient with us. But I, I never forget one day she just had enough. She said, oh, y'all, sit down. We sat down, we were like, oh my goodness. She said, you know what? They say the older you get, the more wrinkled your brain gets. And she said, some of y'all brains is slicker than ice. And I'll never forget when she said that. I, we, we bust out all laughing and everything, but I never forgot that. And I, I just think that some of us have to understand that with these smooth brains that we got, <laughs> we, need to, we need to slow down and begin to mature. And understand it's not about your age. It's not about how long you've been saved. It's not about how long you've been in church. I don't know about you, but as I've been studying this gospel of grace and learning, I've been getting some new wrinkles on my brain. I've been getting some better understanding. The lobe has been closing. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I, how did I, anybody else been, been reading this word? Like, how did I miss this before? That's nothing to be ashamed of. You're not alone. It's called maturing. And this maturing that's taking place is all for a purpose because God wants to use you to operate as Jesus did in this earth. But there's a growing process that must take place. And, and, and for those of us who are maturing and who are pretty confident and, and, and you're right with me with the word and everything like that, be careful that you don't become arrogant. Amen? Praise God that you got it. Amen? Praise God you might even be a step ahead. But there's always something. I mean, there were some messages Pastor Donald would preach, and I'd be like, ooh, I remember when God showed that to me, or, or he would preach stuff, and I'd be right there for my personal study time. But then there's times he'd say stuff, and I'm like, I ain't never heard that before. But it's right here in the Word. There's something for all of us to grow and learn. Amen? So it says, now you're no longer slaves, but you're God's own child. And since you are his child, God has now made you 
his heir. And right ruling, which is right living, if we're going to do it, there's four things we have to do. Number one, we have to be mature. And that's what we're talking about right now. To rule requires maturity. I, I, thank you, Holy Spirit. To rule right <laughs> requires maturity. Because you have immature leaders and it shows. Because there's no love in how they rule. Mm. I'm going to come. Number two. <laughs> we have to have the right attitude so that we can successfully follow the will of God. We have to have the right attitude. You can mature and be maturing, but in order to mature, you've got to have the right attitude to follow the word of God. Number three, we have to be transformed. Somebody say transformed. What does transform mean? Changed. We've got to be changed. And number four, we rule and live right just as Jesus did. We do it the same way Jesus did. Let me give you a hint. With the help of the Holy Spirit. With the help of the Holy Spirit. Now let's go a little deeper into number one. So we've already said the rule requires maturity. Let me uh, take you to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. We're going to go at verse 2. 1 Corinthians 3, 2. Are you understanding this so far? Amen. Somebody say, why you say that? Well, you know, no need to go further if we need to get some more understanding. We always say here, world changes and all that getting, get what? <laughs> understanding. Understanding is knowing how to take the knowledge that you have and, and actually see it and the truth of it be revealed to you. That's when you got to understand it. Now, wisdom is knowing how to use what you understand. That comes by the Holy Ghost. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 2. It says, I had to feed you, this is uh, Paul writing to the church of Corinthians. Uh, he said, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food. Why? Because you weren't ready for anything stronger. Now, who gets fed with milk? Children, yeah, babies. I declare that you're ready for solid food, amen? <laughs> because you weren't ready for it. Um, for anything stronger, Paul told them, he said, and you're still not ready. Verse three, why? For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. That's what I was saying earlier, to be controlled by that selfish, sinful nature. Uh, and remember, we've taught a whole series on unbelief and that being the root of sin. So not believing God, not trusting God, not relying on God is what causes you to be in unbelief, is what, which, which is what causes you to sin. And if you find yourself in that state, in your mind, you won't be ready to rule. You're still a child of God. Did you see, you see this? But you're still a child. And children, according to what we're reading and studying so far, are not given their full inheritance, or sorry, they're not given the power over their full inheritance to rule. You're an inheritor of God. You're a child of God. You're the righteousness of God. But guess what? You ain't getting the keys to the car yet. Because we don't know where you're going to go. He don't know what you're going to do. Amen? He said, be back by midnight. You come at 3 o'clock in the morning doing your thing. He said, don't go over there. There you go. He said, pick your mama up at 5. You show up at eight because you had something else to do. So he, he, he ain't giving you the keys. He love you. You still, you still got his last name. You're still part of the family. You still got his DNA. But you're maturing. If you understand that, say amen. amen. He said, for you're, you're, you're still controlled by your sinful nature. And what was happening was um, these Christians were having a spat amongst themselves. He said, you're jealous of one another and you quarrel with each other. Keep going, verse 4. Doesn't that prove that you're still controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I'm a follower of, of Apollos, 
aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants whom you believe the good news. He said, listen, who you following is not the issue. That's immature. He said, what matters is this gospel of grace and whether you believe it or not. What matters is what Jesus did, and we all agree on that. Verse 6. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Hmm. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. We both did our part. But it was God who made it grow. He did his part, I did my part, but you're supposed to be focused on what God's doing. Verse 7. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their hard work. So he's telling them, you got your mind focused on the wrong thing. You're supposed to be focusing on the gospel. You're supposed to be focusing on the power of God. You're supposed to be focused on uh, God's purpose and will. And you're looking at the people. You're looking at the man. And he's saying, that, that's immature. Ooh, that's for somebody. You're looking at the man. And he said, that's immature. That's the immature way to do it. What have I called you to do? Mm. If it's tight, that's all right. Put the shoe on. <laughs> Amen. Go to Ephesians 4.13. Ephesians 4.13. Say this with me. Say, I'm growing. I'm maturing. It says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be, what? Mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I wonder what the full and complete standard of Christ is. Here's a hint, it's love. We're trying to measure up to that, we're trying to get to that point, we're trying to mature to that point. It's not sinlessness. That's what we thought, but he took care of sin, so why is he still worried about me and sin? No, he wants me to love on this earth, and I need to be maturing as Christ so I can do what Christ did. See, this whole time, see, you see what happens when you get your sin issue out the way? You can actually see the truth of what he's wanting you to focus on. He wants you to focus on that word that we all learned a little while ago in all the word of faith messages we heard, which is your love walk. That's what this is about. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse uh, 14. Then, that's a time word. After that happens, then we will no longer be immature like children. That's why, that's why I got this part from here about, oh, there's a maturing process that happens after the Abba Father process. There's this process, and this is where we're all at right now is this maturing process says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about with every wind of new teaching. Verse uh, 15. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with the lies, or sorry, with lies, so they clever, so lies so clever, they sound like the truth. 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. What are we supposed to be doing? Come on, what are we supposed to be doing? By the way, what is the truth? Uh-huh. What is the truth? Mm-hmm. I, I actually looked at that word. Remember I told you, go to your lexicon when you're studying the Bible, and I looked at that word truth. It literally talks about truth as it relates to doctrine. He's saying, because he, he was just talking about doctrine. We're not tossed about with every teacher. He said, instead, we speak the true teaching, we speak the true doctrine, which indeed, as we learn, the truth is the word, the word is Jesus, they all are grace. And he's saying here, instead, mature people, they speak the truth. They speak about Jesus. They speak about the word. They speak about the grace. They're not tossed about with everything else. And when you do that, you grow in every way. 
Woo! You grow in every way. More and more like Christ. You don't just grow in your spirit. You grow in your mind. There's health in your body. You're prosperous. You grow in every way. You have nothing missing, lacking, or broken just like Christ did. You have peace. Oh, man. To, to focus on the gospel of grace, to focus on the word, to focus on the truth, to grow and mature in Christ, that's how I grow in every way. More and more like Christ, who is the head of the body. Which is what? Who is that? Let's keep going. Verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. See, now we've, now we've moved from maturing in Christ by speaking that truth in love, by walking in love. And he talks about going to work. Now, this whole time we were talking about salvation and this being what the cross did. Remember that? And we were trying to find out, but where am I supposed to work? Where are my works? I thought I was supposed to try to do something to earn all of this. And we were like, nope. God reconciled you by himself to himself. You're supposed to believe. And then you find out what his will is. This is where we're talking about right now about him transforming your mind. But then these good works can be produced. Good works can only be produced with maturity. Your part is to grow after you've received and believed what he's done for you and then to mature in love so you can go out and do whatever he tells you to do. That's the work. And I don't mean just becoming a preacher or whatever like that. The work could be he could tell you to go and hug somebody. He could tell you to go and sow into somebody's life. He also could go and tell you to do something career-wise and all of that. But I'm talking about the daily things. Jesus showed us the daily things that he was doing to minister to other people. We got, we, you know, I, I said this on Wednesday, that we've spent so much time identifying with the wrong person in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What do you mean by that? You keep seeing, seeing yourself as the woman with the issue of blood. You keep seeing yourself as uh, 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 the woman caught in adultery. You keep seeing yourself as the man who got delivered uh, from the demon. You keep seeing yourself as Jairus throwing yourself at the feet of Jesus. You keep seeing yourself as, as uh, Mary, you know, needing to be taught. All those people needed something from God because Jesus didn't live on the inside of, him, of them, and that was the only way they could get it. You have Christ in you. I said, you have Christ in you. So the person in the story that you're supposed to be identifying with is Jesus. Not the people with all the problems, because he finished everything concerning you. So if you're identifying with, as a person with the problem, you're saying the cross didn't work. I don't know, wait a minute. Here you go messing with my religion. But I feel like the person who needs a touch from the hem of his garment. You touched it already when you believed. When you believed, you received all that he had. Now you need to mature and make up your mind. You got it. I said you got it. I said you got all of him. the question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? You don't need me to... Now, guys, I'm not saying there's something wrong with prayer, so don't take what I'm saying and say, I'm leaving the church. <laughs> but do you really need me to lay hands on you if Christ is on the inside of you? I know if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, but you ain't sick. I'm going to this, my marker. <laughs> You can't be sick and be healed because of what grace has done for you at the same time. Oh, somebody, I wish you would let faith wake up on the inside of you. Do you need me to lay hands on you when the hands of God 
have already taken care of you. The question is, is what do you believe? Rulers believe in the power that they have. You're seated with Christ, who is the healer. He lives on the inside of you. You don't need me to pray for your house. You don't need me to pray for your bank account. You don't need nothing. I'm not a... I'm not a priest who's acting like he holds all the power of God in his finger. I'm not a priest who acts like he's the only one who can interpret these scriptures for you because he's the only one who knows Greek and Hebrew. I think his name, I think it was Tyndale fixed that problem for us. He said, I'm going to translate this Bible and he died for it. I'm going to translate this Bible so that even, he said, so that even the boy who works in the stables will know the word of God just as much as the priest does. And he translated that thing into King James, and now you and I have it. And so now the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you preaches to you better than I ever could. You have power on the inside of you. What you got to do is change the way you think so you can believe that you got it. You got to adjust your attitude. What is my attitude? That's the position of your mind. You know, when you fly a plane, I, used to, I told you I used to fly planes, and, and, and they have this attitude indicator that if you're flying in clouds and stuff like that, especially you have to uh, do what they call, um, oh, shoot. Dwayne what, is, Dwayne, what is it called? Is it VFR? IFR. Yeah, instrument flights. Is when you, Dwayne's a pilot. So, uh, and and, and, and you've got to fly by your instruments. And this attitude indicator, and some of you have seen pictures of it. I, I wish I could draw, but I can't. Uh, and it looks like a little bird, and it shows the horizon. And I think the top is blue and the bottom, bottom is brown. And, 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 and the bottom part, the dark part, that's, that's dirt. You don't, you, don't, you don't want to see a lot of that. <laughs> Amen? You too much dirt, you're going to be in the dirt. <laughs> but a pilot also understands, I don't want to see too much blue for too long either. Because if I'm going up for too long without adequate power, I'm going to do something called stall. We used to practice that when we were flying. They call them power on stalls. And you would, you would pull the plane up and that attitude indicator would just turn blue and be completely blue. And you'd be looking up and you hear your engine go and the engine would just cut off. And then as soon as you dip that plane back over, it would catch again. I don't know the physics of it. I was just praying it would catch every time. I'm like, this is crazy. Why are we doing this? But then I would look at my attitude indicator and it would, I would make sure that those wings were right along the horizon. Because that means I was even out and I was flying straight. Going exactly where I needed to go. The horizon for you and I is the word of God. It's the love of God. It's who he is. It's what tells us whether we're too high or too low. It's what tells us if you're going too far left or too far right. It's what evens us out and says, this is where you want to be. We have to adjust our natural attitude so that we can end up exactly where he wants us to be. My attitude has to be an attitude of a ruler. My attitude has to be an attitude of one that says, I have all of God in me, all of Christ in me, all of the Holy Spirit in me, and therefore there is nothing that I need. I am so privileged, I am so powerful, I am so all of what he's called me to be that I got too much for me, I got to go get this to his people. But if I keep thinking that I'm missing something, if I keep thinking that I'm lacking something, if I keep thinking that I'm without something, I will find myself in the same place that Adam and Eve found themselves. Being willing to listen to the enemy to try to receive what I already got. Falling back to the original sin of trying to be like God without God. And I'm already an heir of not just Jesus, 
of God. I'm, I know your word. I am co-heir with Jesus. That means he and I are heirs of the same thing from God. Are you starting to see who you are yet? You are co-heirs with Jesus of all that God has, of all who God is. Now what you got to do is adjust your attitude. Yeah, but I hear what you're saying, but I still got to pay my bills tomorrow. I hear what you're saying, but they're still talking about firing me. What you going to create today? What you going to create today? Because last time I looked, day one through six, he was making stuff happen with his mouth. He, he was creating stuff. He was calling what he wanted to be. Thank you. You have to understand. I'm going to have to teach this all over again on Wednesday. because you, you, you got to understand. You have the responsibility now. You got the response. You have the ability to respond to every situation that manifests in your life. If it's there, it's only there because you ain't done nothing about it. God is not doing that to you. You're now the one in authority. He has set you up with victory, for victory. And you need to operate from the place of your victory. I hope you got that because I don't know if I can say it again. But you got to operate from that place of victory. You got it. The question is, do you believe it? But see, our attitudes sometimes says, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you got to get your butt out the way. You got to get your big butt out the way. It's holding you up. It's blocking. It's blocking. It's not blocking God's love for you. His love for you is good. Good to go. It's not blocking your salvation. You're good to go with that. What it's blocking is your ability to operate as he's created you to, and therefore you're still not seeing what he's promised you. You're going to have to make a choice that I'm going to wake up every day. I'm going to go throughout my day, spending time with him, and I'm going to continue to declare that we go with our confessions. Now, this is the purpose for your confessions. You're convincing yourself and reminding yourself of what he said. You're not trying to just make it happen. Remember, this ain't abracadabra, this ain't magic. <laughs> Gotta say the right words and then it'll manifest. No, that's not exactly right. You're saying the right words to convince yourself of what his promise is. And then he will continue to speak to you and lead you and guide you. And as you obey him, you will run into everything he has for you. You'll run into all the keys as the mature ruler you are for all that he has for you. The house will be yours because now you're ready to do what he told you to do with it. The car will be yours because now you're ready to do, I'm talking about the real physical stuff, the material stuff. He'll give you all the material stuff, the finances, the business, the, 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 the relationship, the, the, the marriage. It'll all be yours now because he said, now you're ready. Now you're going to serve me. Because I, I couldn't give it to you before when you were a child because it was going to hurt you. And I'm love. And I would never do anything to hurt you. So you've been stumbling around because you hadn't learned how to walk yet. But I declare today is your walking day. I said today is your walking day. Today is the day that you figure out, whoa, uh, oh, here, here, I'm growing up now. I'm, I'm getting my balance. My attitude is getting right. I, I, I understand who I am. I understand my authority. And I'm now ready to walk out what he has called me to do. You're not a peasant, you're rulers. Living right on this earth is ruling from the power seat with Jesus. 
living right on this earth is ruling from the power seat with Jesus. That's who you are. So to operate in all that God has called you to do is to rule. Say, I'm a ruler. Come on, say, I'm a ruler. See, today what happened was there was an adjustment. We did a little attitude adjustment, amen? We, we, we reset our minds to who we are. And now that we understand that, now we can dive deeper into allowing the Holy Ghost. See, it's, how many of y'all already knew that you had to let the Holy Ghost guide you? I, I, don't think, I think most of y'all in here knew that. How many of y'all struggle with that sometimes, though? A lot of times that's because we don't know who we are. A lot of times it's because we don't understand our attitude issue. For some of us, we thought we had this big sin problem. But now that all those issues are being taken care of, we're getting closer and closer to just you and him. And now you'll be able just to hear from him. And he'll say, this is what I want you to do today. Problems will come up and he'll say, no, this is how I want you to see that. This is what I want you to say. And now perfection will be able, be able and begin to come out of you. Not because of you, but because of him who is on the inside of you. Did you know you have perfection on the inside of you? Did you know you have completeness on the inside of you? Did you know because you have love who is God on the inside of you, you have the perfect love of God on the inside of you? It's time to let it out. It's time to let him out so that the entire world can experience him through you. Now understand this, grace made all this available. Without grace, none of this would even be possible. Without Jesus, this wouldn't even be possible. But now that you understand grace, now you can be empowered to change. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Amen. Get here on Wednesday night. We're going to keep this going. And then we'll be back on uh, next Sunday to keep it going. And we're just going to continue to walk through these four things because I want to see you ruling here on earth. I want the testimony line to be so long up here about the power of God operating through you that we're going to have a right testimony service. Amen. Not us up here telling stories about what we hope God going to do but about what he miraculously have, has done so let me pray over you real quick for this week and then we're going to have some other folks come up and finish out father god i lift up every person under the sound of my voice both here in this room and also online and i declare and decree that they are your righteous rulers and because they are taking their rightful place Rejoicing will happen all throughout this city, all throughout this state, all throughout this nation, and all throughout this world. People will know you because they will know you who is in us because we know your love. And I thank and praise you. And I speak peace right now into every situation, into every circumstance. I speak wholeness, first of all in their minds, knowing that they have a settled account with you, that they're right with you because of what Jesus did. And I now speak peace, wholeness in their finances, in their relationships, on their jobs, in their bodies. I set myself in agreement with your word concerning their lives. All is well. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for once again doing what you do. For revealing to us even more truth in your word. We honor that on today. And Lord, we will be, we will be careful to continue all this week allowing the Holy Spirit to remind us of who we are. And we thank you for these things. 
from our place of victory, from our seat of victory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise.